0: blog talk radio sports with the stat man is on the air welcome to sports with the stat man on blogtalkradio.com i'm your host george the stat man on a saturday morning the 18th of february 2017 it is 10 a.m in the east we are live on blog talk radio coming to you from our authentic imitation home studios in northern new jersey we're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes so sit back and enjoy as i take it through the world of sports. A good Saturday morning out there, everybody. Warmer weather is coming, and you know, it feels like spring when, when you see all those great pictures of ballplayers, palm trees, and you get started with spring training. And of course, spring training starting a little early because of the World Baseball Classic coming up in about uh, a month. But it uh, brings you a little closer to spring, and the weather in uh, the New York metropolitan area anyway is... Uh, looking like a preview of spring with highs in the upper 50s this weekend. So if you can get out there, please do so. Of course, uh, from a hockey perspective, we have uh, some local games going on. The Islanders and Rangers played on Thursday night at Barclays with the Islanders winning 4-2. This weekend, a home-and-home home with the Islanders and the Devils. The Devils really on the fringe. So are the Islanders. The Islanders now in ninth place in the playoff race. So, Uh, A back-to-back tonight in Newark at the Prudential Center. Tomorrow in Brooklyn at Barclays Center. So if you uh, have the inkling to see some good local hockey, well, I don't know about good local hockey, but mediocre local hockey, come on out. No, I'm just kidding. It uh, should be some some competitive uh, games with with the Isles and the Devils. Uh, Meanwhile, we have fantasy hockey on the docket. Week 18 heading into week 19. We're getting close to the fantasy playoffs. So, of course, uh, now more than ever, it is critical to take a look at your team, figure out which players you want to keep and which players uh, you really don't, uh, you know, can't, can't be with any longer or can't have on your team any longer because you've given them this long to, to uh, figure things out. A perfect example, a guy who's on my team, and he's been confounding, is Aaron Ekblad. Here's a guy who is a franchise cornerstone, and he will continue to be a franchise cornerstone. And you wonder how long you're willing to go with him. Now, I made the decision a few weeks ago that I am going to uh, go with him uh, for the entire year, regardless of how he does, even if he sits on my bench every single week. Now, in our league, the House League, the Puck and Stick Association, we have a 21-man roster team players, seven forwards, four defensemen, two goalies a special teams unit, and an enforcer, which is a, uh, a position that could be a forward or defenseman where penalty minutes are counted as plus points. For everyone else, they're counted as minus, plus you get bonus points for fights and misconducts. Um, now, for Aaron Ekblad, in terms of our scoring system, he has, uh, uh, he, he has uh, played well recently, but he started off terribly. He does have eight goals, but he only has nine assists all season long. And he's at a minus 19 with 56 penalty minutes in 56 games. For the year in our scoring system, he has nine and a half points, plus nine and a half. That's it. Last year, he had 173 and a half. The year before his rookie season, as an 18-year-old, he had 180.5 points. Now, he had 12 goals his rookie year, 15 last year. He's on pace to have 11. So that's not the issue. The issue are the assists. He had 27 his rookie year, 21 last year. He has nine this year. Plus, he was a plus player. He's plus 30 in his first two years. He's minus 19 this year for a struggling Florida club. And that tells you that, you know, you, you wonder, do you hold on to Ekblad? Of course you do. He's 21 years old. But there are some other players that you're not quite sure if you're going to hold them or are you going to take one of these flavors of the month uh, through the um through the waiver wire. So that's something to think about. And and most people agree with me. Aaron Eck of CBSSports.com Leagues, however, he's only starting at 54%. So he is being stashed. When you're 21, you can do that. If you're 31, the player would have been gone already. At 26, he probably would have been gone already. But at 21, you're betting on upside in a keeper league, and you're waiting for him to kind of uh, click the light on and have one of these games where he has three assists or so. And uh, that has not happened yet. So just something to uh, to look at uh, as you look down your roster. So not only are we going to talk about fantasy hockey this week, but also fantasy baseball. We start our 2017 Statman fantasy baseball preview for real this time. We're going to take a look at catchers, and I guarantee at 20 minutes past the hour, we will shift out of our hockey programming to bring you our start to our fantasy baseball preview with a look at at catchers and only catchers and uh, we are going to take it position by position each week we're not going to double up if we don't have to but we have about uh, six weeks and 10 positions so you do the math we are going to have to double up but we're going to start small we're going to start with catchers uh, this week we're going to look at the position we're going to give you some a couple that are overvalued in my opinion undervalued in my opinion and also uh, ones with upside sleepers super sleepers a couple of rookies you might want to think about uh, and keep your eye on during camp, maybe stash if you're in a keeper league, and uh, also give you my top 20 rankings. And then uh, we will continue on, probably go corner positions next week, middle infield the week after, and then outfield starter and reliever, and that should get us through uh, the month of March and into your fantasy baseball drafts. So usually your drafts are towards... You know, the week before, the week leading up to the season. Season starts Sunday, April 2nd. So start clearing off your calendars for your drafts, Uh, mock drafts. You know, you can do that now. But your real drafts, probably the week leading up to the first weekend in April. And the season starts with the Yankees at Tampa at 110. There are three games, three games, count them, three games, on the Sunday before the season starts, which is really becoming opening day now. Open. It used to be called opening night. Now it's being called opening, really opening day, opening Sunday, whatever you want to call it. Three games on the docket on April 2nd, the Yankees at Tampa at 110, the Giants at Arizona at 410, and the Cubs and Cardinals in the national game at 835. Uh, Of course, usually the world champions uh, start out uh, on the Sunday night, and this is no different with the uh, Cubbies taking on the Cardinals at Bush Stadium. Opening uh, on Monday, April 3rd, just about the rest of the league, the Mets open up at home against the Atlanta Braves. The Red Sox open at home against the Pittsburgh Pirates in an interleague game at two Oh five. The Mets start at 110. 10. Um, and uh, otherwise the uh, Phillies are on the road in Cincinnati at 4:10. That used to be the first game of the year in Cincinnati at 2:10, And everything started after that because they had the opening day parade. Now there's a grand total of, uh, uh, eight games that start before the Cincinnati Reds begin at 4:10 10 uh, Eastern time at home against the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, so uh, we as we get closer, obviously, we'll start talking about uh, uh, baseball in terms of uh, week one. We'll, uh, we'll probably talk about it in about five, six weeks. But uh, in, in the meantime, uh, we're going to start with our fantasy baseball preview at 20 after. Okay, so let's start with hockey. Let's get going. And we're going to take a look at the weekly best in week 18, uh, looking at the numbers from February 11th through the 17th. And Jordan Martinook is tied for the top spot with Alexander Barkov. We're going to give it to Barkov because he did he did the same amount of production in fewer games, Barkov in three games, three goals and an assist, a plus five, including a power play goal. He had 22 fantasy points. Martinook tied for first. We're going to give him the second star. In four games, three goals, two assists, a plus three two penalty minutes. One of his three goals was a shorthanded goal. Uh, First on Barkov. just interesting that uh, he had not played since, uh, since December 28th. And in five games back, he has four goals and two assists. Uh, So he has six points in those five games and also a plus three in those five games as well. Uh, So he is coming on strong for the year. Uh, He has 13 goals and 20 assists and he's a plus 10 for Jordan Martinuk. A player you don't hear about at all, 10 goals, 11 assists. He had a three-point game against the um, against the LA Kings, uh, and that was on a Thursday night. Uh, he was able to have uh, two goals and an assist in his last three games, three goals and two assists, as I mentioned. Um, but for the season, 21 points. So proceed with caution. He's owned in 3% of CBSSports.com leagues. So I would say a deep a deep league ad potentially, you know, the Arizona really has nothing to play for. So Martin might get uh, some more chances in third place. Jonathan Huberdeau who's also injured for a long period of time. Along with Barkov, Huberdeau had missed uh, the first uh, three months of the season. And in fact, first came back into it, uh, February the third. So actually missed four months of the season uh, and started scoring right off the bat, three goals. And, uh, four assists in his first four games back. He was held scoreless, but was a plus one last night in Anaheim. Uh, but uh, Huberdeau is, uh, is back and producing uh, three, four and seven in five games so far this year and a plus four, but two, three and five in three games, a plus six with two penalty minutes in, um, in his return, 21 and a half points, a half point less than Barkov and Martin. Uh, rounding out the top five, Bo Horvat and Brandon Dubinsky Horvat, 3-2-5 and five in three games, a plus-4. Dubinsky, 2-3-5 and five in four games, and a plus-5, both of them 21 points. So you have the top five guys within a point of each other. That is how clustered the forwards are. And just outside the top five looking in, Patrick Lina, Connor McDavid. Lina with four goals, McDavid with six points uh, over the last week, and they're right there. The top local, Frank Vetrano. In two games, of course, Boston uh, had their bye this past week. Two goals, two assists. Uh, and a plus three in two games had a power play goal and an even strength goal. He had 16 fantasy points among defensemen. The top defenseman in the league, uh, Brent Burns, was tied for the best uh, for, for the best defensive output. Did it in fewer games than Seth Jones, so we give Burns the first star. He'll be getting a lot of those this year. Three goals in three games, one assist, a plus four, 18 shots on goal among defensemen. Two better than anybody else. Mark Barbiero of Colorado had 16. Uh, but burns, with the most shots on goal, the most goals, and he was also a plus four and he did it in three games a lot of uh, a lot of players did theirs in four for the year now sixty one points for brent burns in fifty eight games twenty five goals he's on pace for thirty four goals this year he had twenty seven last year uh twenty two three years ago uh, he has uh, for his career one hundred sixty six goals and He did play right wing a little bit earlier in his career. He is definitely a defenseman now uh, plus 20 for the season. His high watermark was plus 26 back in 2013, 14. Um, And he is also shooting the puck at a really good rate. Uh, He's averaging about four shots a game. And uh, from a numbers perspective, he is two and a half fantasy points away from his high watermark in his career. Uh, So He's having the best year. He's having a career year for sure. Uh, And uh, Burns is the best defenseman in fantasy hockey for the past week and also for the season. Seth Jones tied with him for first. He had four assists and a plus five for a successful Columbus Blue Jackets club. Seth Jones, of course, coming over in that big trade, uh, sending Ryan Johansson to Nashville in return for Jones. Uh, He has 10 goals and he's 22 years old. So he is uh, also uh, lighting the lamp. Didn't do so this past week, but his four assists were enough. To get him into a tie for the lead, Chris Latang in third place at 24 and a half points, five assists, plus three in four games. Oliver Ekman Larson in fourth place, five assists in four games, plus two. He had 24 points. Alex Petrovich tied with uh, Ekman Larson. Actually, Petrovich did it in fewer games, so let's give Petrovich fourth place, Ekman Larson fifth. And uh, that is a top five. The only one of the top five who scored a single goal was Burns, who had three. Uh, And in terms of the top local, Brady Shea of the Rangers, three assists in three games, a plus two. He had 16.5 points. Nick Letty, a half point behind with a goal and two assists in four games. But Brady Shea was the top local defenseman. For goaltenders, Robin Leonard of the Buffalo Sabres. He is hot right now, 3-1 and one with a shutout, a 176 goals against, a 950 save percentage. And he had 32.4 fantasy points. He could be a little combative in the crease. He is, I would say, probably the updated version. of And Mike Smith was second. In the uh, among goaltenders, he was three and zero in three games with a shutout, a one nine five goals against, the nine forty six save percentage. So in the leaderboard, you had Jordan Martinook, you had Oliver Ekman Larson, and Mike Smith. So one of each for Arizona. Thirty fantasy points for Smith over the past week. In third place, Matt Murray, a long ways back at eighteen point two points. So you had the top two guys close together in the thirties in points. Next best was eighteen point two, but Murray still one and zero, a shutout. Two games, a 0.99 goals against a 971 save percentage. I believe the other game was a loss in overtime or a shootout. Sergey Bobrovsky was in fourth place at 17.6 points, 2-1 one, uh, with, with his three games. 168 goals against 949 save percentage. The only loss was against the Rangers. And John Gibson of the uh, Anaheim Ducks, 16.4 fantasy points, had a tough week in terms of wins and losses. He was 1-2, but the win was a shutout. He allowed eight goals in the other two games. Uh, but he did uh, get a 924 save percentage of 271 goals against. Not great, but still 16.4 fantasy points. The top local was Tuka Rask in his only game of the week. Pitched a 25 save shutout, 14 fantasy points. Thank you very much. So that is uh, how things look there. In terms of our power play and penalty kill, the uh, Buffalo Sabres have the top power play in the league. A lot of people don't know that 23.3%, a tenth of a percent over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who are uh, young and fast, and they shoot the puck. Columbus third at 22.4, Washington and Pittsburgh tied for fifth, or tied for fourth, I should say, at 22.1%. St. Louis right there at 22. Very clustered at the top. St. Louis in sixth place. The back end of the, of the top ten: Minnesota, Montreal, Tampa, and the Philadelphia Flyers, tenth place at 20.6%. In the uh, penalty kill statistics, the top ten there. Uh, The Carolina Hurricanes, number one, at 86.4. The Boston Bruins right behind them at 86.3. The Bruins have seven shorthanded goals. The Hurricanes have six. Both very good numbers. The Florida Panthers at number three at 84.7. St. Louis, they're in the uh, power play uh, numbers at number six. They're in the penalty kill at number four, 84.6 fantasy points. But they don't have a shorthanded goal scored in their favor this year. Washington uh, tied for fourth on the power play and fifth on the penalty kill at 84.5, rounding out the top 10, the LA Kings, Anaheim Ducks, Ottawa, Toronto, number two on the power play, number nine on the penalty kill and Minnesota, they were number seven on the power play. They're number 10 on the penalty kill at 82.7%. The Rangers on the outside looking into the top 10, they're in 11th place at 82.3. Also our uh, look at enforcers, players who, uh, fill up the score sheet and of course the penalty box we take a look and usually uh we, we go for at least uh two points uh you know at least uh, uh goals and assists adding up to two points and five penalty minutes that is usually our um our basic and we do have somebody we have curtis mckenzie of the dallas stars he has a goal and an assist a plus two and 14 penalty minutes in four games that's 23 enforcer points uh the next highest is Nino Niederreiter, who had uh, a goal and 17 minutes in penalties in three games. Uh, he had a goal, so I guess he doesn't qualify. Um, Eric Howla of the Minnesota Wild, goal and assist in 10 penalty minutes, uh, 16 enforcer points. That would be the next best. So Curtis McKenzie is your enforcer of the week. Little, uh, didn't expect to see that there. Let's move on to injuries. Week 19. And then we'll uh, break out for fantasy baseball uh, and uh, also then come back for hot pickups and a look at uh, um, uh, some other items, actually line combinations, to take a look at uh, forwards. That's our fantasy focus this week. Uh, Looking at injuries, Andre Pavlich, concussion. He is traveling with the team. However, uh, he is uh, uh, day-to-day. He's been out for a little over a week. The fact that he's accompanying the team on a a road trip uh, helps. It gives you a feeling he wouldn't be traveling with the team if he was really suffering a lot of the concussions, or a lot of the symptoms. Um, And and the road trip is Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. It'll be through the 21st, uh, and then they have a week off before they come back home. So they're going to try and get him in a game, but not sure if they actually will. He's owned in 25% of CBSSports.com leagues. Ole Mata for the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins, he will be out six weeks surgery on his hand yesterday uh, the surgery was successful uh he has um, uh, really not been all that good fantasy wise after coming on in his rookie year nine goals and 20 assists missed most of the season after that uh the 2014-15 season and last year six goals he was a plus 27 he was starting to come back This year, in 54 games, one goal, six assists. He does have a plus 17, but that's a product of being on such a good team. He's 22 years old, though, but he's had an uneven history, injury history, and he will be out four to six weeks, which basically takes him to uh, mid-March or late March. He might only get in a few games until the end of the season. Darnell Nurse uh, for uh, Edmonton in deep leagues. He will travel with the club as well, uh, as they are on a long road trip between now and the end of the month, Chicago, Tampa, Florida, Washington, Nashville, St. Louis, they will probably, uh, uh, I don't think they will return home between <laughs> between now and the 28th. So if he has uh, a hope of getting in uh, one of the next six games, then he's going to be traveling with the team, and he is. Um, also, concussion for Sven Barchi of the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, he is uh, on IR. He has been out since February the 7th with a concussion. No timetable for his return. Paul Stastny, lower body injury. Uh, he is uh, at this point day to day. He's on IR he's, because he's been out for uh, for eight days. Uh, but um, he is doubtful for the game tonight in Buffalo to face the uh, to face the Sabers. It's an afternoon game, so uh, no no indication yet of whether he will play in today's game in Buffalo. Uh, also on the injury list, Eric Johnson. No update on him for Colorado with his leg injury, uh, and uh, Jonas Brodeen with a finger injury, placed on IR, uh, really um, uh, should be coming back in the next few days. It's more of a formality, but he hasn't played in a month. Uh, but Minnesota has been just fine, uh, actually, without him. Travis Konechny, we mentioned that last week. He, uh, he is uh, going to be out four to six weeks with a lower body injury. think For the season, seven goals, 15 assists. He's 19 years old and owned in 26% of CBSSports.com leagues and a good stash play. Um, so, and those are your those are your injuries, your impact injuries. In terms of players on IR, players who are out for various reasons, suspensions for Antoine Vermette, who uh, slashed a linesman, he's out ten games. Gustav Nyquist is out six games for a high stick uh, on, uh, I believe, Jared Spurgeon of the Minnesota uh, Wild. Yes, that was that was the case, a high stick in the face, and uh, that gets you out for uh, for six games. So. Uh, He still has a few games left to uh, uh, to go on that suspension. Uh, Out in terms of day to day injuries, uh, Matthew Dumba lower body injury. He um, uh, he has been out. He's also um, slowed by an illness right now. So um, uh, looking like they're on a bye week anyway. As Minnesota, so they will uh, uh, or after after the game on the 21st. So they look uh, they're looking for him to come back uh, by the end of the month. They have back to backs on the 27th and 28th. That will probably be when he returns. Andre Burakovsky with a hand injury, he's going to be out. Uh, it looks like for at least the next four weeks. Uh, and uh, Burakovsky, uh, a young player, 22 years old, 11 goals, 18 assists, and a plus 15 for the Caps. You know, they, they have uh, they have such a strong uh, strong middle. Burakovsky is another young player there, uh, similar to uh, um, uh, others on the team that are that are uh, that are down the middle. And Bjergowski, uh will hopefully come back for the Caps before uh, before the end of the season, but it's looking like at least four weeks away for his injury. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's break away here. Twenty two minutes past the hour. Let's jump over into baseball. We will come back after the bottom of the hour for uh, roster trends, which is our uh, our hot pickups. We'll give you some ideas in uh, deep, medium, and shallow leagues for forwards, defensemen, and goaltenders. Of course, now is the time you really want to get your uh, you know your best players, your best roster, uh, ready for the. Uh, as we are in the middle of the home stretch, uh, not quite at the point yet where we talk about trade deadline because the trade deadline is still a couple of weeks away. Um, but you are starting to think about that. If players are are in, you know good players in bad situations, maybe they get traded and get in a better situation. A guy like a Ben Bishop, but uh, uh, we'll talk about that most likely next week because that is when the NHL trade deadline really. Uh, comes full force and we will be on with you next Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern time for this week in fantasy sports. We hope you come and join us uh, right here on blog talk radio. You can listen live by going to blog the That's T H E dash We're also on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash sports with the to like us on Facebook, listen to past audio, um, give a comment, say hello, right on the wall. And also, We're on Twitter, at GStatman. That's at G-S-T-A-T-M-A-N for your fantasy questions or your pro opinions you want to get off your chest. You can do all of that right on Twitter, at GStatman. And uh, also, you can listen to past episodes, the entire 45-minute show, the the 30-minute live feed you're listening to now, as well as the 15-minute podcast-only version, which follows. You can do that either through Facebook by uh, uh, clicking on the audio or on uh, the Blog Talk Radio uh, show page as well, uh, iTunes and Uh, Stitcher, the smart radio app, you can subscribe to those podcasts and uh, file it away, listen to it on the go, give us a thumbs up, uh, subscribe and uh, get those automatically uh, into uh, or onto your iTunes, onto your mobile device or uh, on your Stitcher playlist. So uh, all that good stuff and ways to find out about the show, interact with the show and of course the website is statmansportsonline.com, that's statmansportsonline.com, check it out weekly for our fantasy primer Uh, and uh, also we will be adding uh, more features there. Okay. Fantasy baseball, the catcher position. Of course, you know, you have your, your consistent performers. Then you have, uh, you know, if you're in a two catcher league, it's tough to script the bottom of the barrel. If you, if you can get an elite guy, yeah, sure. Go for it. I mean, it, but, catcher is just one of many positions it's not the most important one for sure if you want to set it and forget it you want you can you can grab a guy like Buster Posey or you have a guy uh, like that on your on your team in, in a keeper league then keep him but you don't win or lose because you have a dynamite catcher you win or lose because you have a dynamite pitching staff or you have uh, a few you know a few great value picks to pan out uh, fantasy baseball is a little different than fantasy football in that, okay, if you have a great running back, you know, you have to have a great running back to win or a great wide receiver to win or whatever. Great catcher don't really need one great catcher. Uh, but the elites are the elite. Two guys in that, on that list at this point, now, Buster Posey and Jonathan Lucroy. Now, some people might have Posey in a class by himself. Some people might want to already anoint Gary Sanchez into that elite category. Uh, I'm not going to do that quite yet. I think Posey and Lucroy are at the top of their game. Posey is going to have multiple uh, multiple positional uh, eligibility because he'll play some first base. Nick Hundley is on the Giants. He will probably get some time behind the plate. Uh, But when when your positional eligibility is catcher, nothing is more valuable. So Posey being able to play at first and also a corner position um, isn't as helpful because you can get his offense cheaper. Uh, for a first baseman but uh, it's it it is nice that does give Nick Hundley some time not enough to make him fantasy relevant I don't think even though Hundley was a top 20 scorer last year he scored uh, uh, the 18th most fantasy points in our scoring system at 203 Uh, but Buster Posey is the man at number one so the elites are Posey and Luke Roy Luke Roy, remember he was traded from Milwaukee to Texas Uh, and he had 20 home runs, 94 RBIs last year, only batted 237. You might be able to chalk that up to the fact that uh, he was trying to get accustomed to a new pitching staff. Catchers that are traded in midseason have a particularly tough time of it because they have to worry about the defensive part of their game a little more than most because you have a pitching staff to handle. Uh, Posey had 20 home runs as well, 92 RBIs, but he batted 298 and slugged 461 compared to 438 for Lucroy. Um, now Lucroy's uh, bread and butter is also his doubles. He only had 29 last year, which is low for him. And, um, so those are my top two in that order, Posey and Luke Roy. Next, a lot of people put Gary Sanchez third. I'll put him, I'll put him fourth. I think Salvador Perez is going to have a bounce back here. He did have 27 home runs, which, uh, uh, was second among catchers to Sanchez, who had, uh, who had, um, uh, i I'm, I'm I'm trying to look whether whether i I'm looking at stats or whether I'm looking at projections here so uh bear with me because i'm, I'm <laughs> it looks like some of the numbers are beyond what i thought they were uh i think i i think uh Gary Sanchez is being predicted or is is being expected to hit uh quite a few home runs but i'm I'm looking at last year uh or am I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether I'm looking at this year or uh, or last year, and obviously I want to look at last year's numbers. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's take a look here and, and see if I can find some uh, some stats to uh, to go over. So in the meantime, I won't talk stats. I'll just talk about the rankings. Posey and Luke Roy are at the top. In the next in the next piece, I'm I'm looking at Salvador Perez. Uh, in that next tier, uh, I'm also looking at Gary Sanchez. I'm looking at Matt Weeders uh, and uh, I, would, I would also add J.T. Real Muto, Wilson Contreras, and Yadier Molina in kind of a second tier, um, and I would, I would mix and match any of those guys. I think Sanchez will be towards the top of the list. I think Perez will be at the top, towards the top of the list. I also think Matt Wieters is undervalued. I would put him higher than where he's being ranked because he's going to sign a short-term deal, and it's going to be a show-me deal. And I think also uh, he will be able to um, uh, to take advantage depending on where he plays, obviously, um, you know, maybe of a, um, um, you know, where he may be able to take advantage and, and play some DH uh, and uh, maybe save himself a little bit. Not sure. But uh, Weeters to me is, uh, is an interesting case. Also Wilson Contreras has a lot of upside. He was only 15th in scoring, but he only played really two thirds of the season. Uh, and uh, he wasn't the uh, he wasn't the catcher all the time. I think he's going to be behind the plate, even though Kyle Schwarber is going to uh, play some catcher as well. I don't know. One of them is going to play catcher. One of them is going to play left field. Those are two great uh, prospects to have. But Contreras is right there. I'm, I'm ranking Contreras with the catchers. I'm rank, ranking Char, uh, Schwarber with the outfielders. So um, I have Contreras ranked seventh on my list. Um, Yadier Molina you keep waiting for him to sink a little bit he um he hasn't done uh much of that um but uh, he has been very um uh, very very good and very consistent too uh which i've uh, i've always been uh, struck by uh so let's uh let's let's take a look here at uh, at catchers now i have the i have the statistics uh with me um uh, yadier molina last year batted 307 but eight home runs, only eight home runs, uh, 58 runs batted in. Uh, so that is, that is the uh, – uh, th- those, are, those are the numbers there. Uh, in terms of uh, other players, uh, Luke Roy, I, I, I said he hit 20 home runs. He had 24, 81 RBIs. He's projected to hit 20 home runs, but he batted 292. Good numbers there. Posey, 288, 14 homers, which is low for him, 80 RBIs. He's still the best, though. Salvador Perez did have a down season at 247. 22 homers and 64 RBIs. I think he will bounce back. But on that third tier, as I mentioned, I have Salvador Perez third, Gary Sanchez fourth. He could go higher. Matt Wieters fifth. I could even see him bumped up a bit. J.T. Real Muto gives you a different uh, a kind of a kind of a different uh, look. He's a singles hitter. He's a leadoff hitter. Uh, he had 12 stolen bases last year. Batted 303, 31 doubles. So he does give you a little bit extra, not necessarily an on-base guy, a 3.43 on-base guy, but he led off when Dee Gordon was out, uh, and that um, um, you know that helped the the Marlins at least uh, get uh, get going. Um, Contreras seventh, Yadier Molina eighth. So I could see that mix and match, but that's the tier. Four, uh, in the third tier, Yasmani Grandal, Francisco Cervelli, Wellington Castillo, uh, Brian McCann, Stephen Vogue, and Russell Martin are right in that, right in that tier. Uh, Grundahl uh, is a low-average, high-power hitter. Cervelli is a high-average, low-power hitter. Wellington Castillo uh, does reach for the fences. He is in Baltimore now. Brian McCann's on the downside of his career. Is going to have time to DH, but I think he's overvalued. Um, Stephen Fogg, Russell Martin. I think Martin's uh, uh, shine has gone down a bit. Uh, in terms of his uh, uh, his uh, everyday ability from a fantasy perspective, uh, and then in the next tier, Travis Darno, uh, he's an interesting case. I think this is his put up or shut up year with the Mets. And uh, if he's injured, um, you know, obviously he he does get injured quite a bit. If he doesn't get injured, if he stays healthy, I think he could be uh, an interest interesting asset and a guy that if you do have a two catcher league. You may want to take a chance on him uh, because he does have upside if he can stay healthy. Um, also in that in that fourth tier, Chris Herman of Arizona, Cameron Rupp of the Phillies, Jan Gomes of the uh, Cleveland Indians, and Wilson Ramos of the Tampa Bay Rays. He had a down year last year going into his uh, free agency, and Tampa picked him up. Uh, I, I think I think it was a steal. I think he'll do well in Tampa. Derek Norris, I have him in twentieth place. To close out that fourth tier, so I can see Darno bumping up to the third tier. Uh, Cameron Rupp is interesting as well, with um, uh, with his uh, um, uh, with, with with his numbers. Um, he's a he's a power guy, and you know you can sneeze and hit the ball out of the ballpark at uh, at Citizens Bank Park. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, to see Rupp do something, um, but uh, but that that's that's kind of what uh, uh, what what my thoughts are in terms of the top 20 and I, I mentioned some overvalued i think uh Molina and McCann are overvalued i think Weeders and Darneau are undervalued uh Jet Bandy of Milwaukee the guy who's going to who may take over check it out in camp but he may take over for Jonathan Lucroy uh uh you know as as he was traded to Texas last year but Jet Bandy the former Angels backup is going to be in the mix in Milwaukee he's a guy with upside uh sleepers wilson ramos because of his bad year last year fell off a lot of people's radar and sandy leone of the boston red Sox, of course not much of a sleeper around these parts but he was tied for 19th in scoring last year or i'm sorry he he was he was um um, i'm going off of projections uh but he he was um um you know he he did give you some some power and he uh he did play a bit last year so I, i think he's a sleeper candidate super sleepers Tyler Flowers of the Atlanta Braves, Tony Walters of the Colorado Rockies. So that is my list of catchers. I'll get the right stats for next, next week, but we'll talk at first base and third base. Usually when we start our preview, we kind of start in earnest uh, before we have a lot of information. Is cancer just opening up. So you're just going off of what you think based on what, what, uh, what we believe to be the, uh, um, the um, possibilities for the upcoming season based on what happened in the off season. But now that spring training starting, you're going to see some camp battles and, and some good stuff. So um, let me know if you agree or disagree with uh, with my rankings. Of course, uh, love to, you know, the, the whole thing about lists is that they're only there for debate purposes really at this point. So um, so let me know on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, and um, uh, we'll I will also post these rankings with uh, with a little uh, information uh, anything I can dig up on the website, statmansportsonline.com. Okay, so that's the 10- to 15-minute version of a position. So we'll do a little more, spend a little more time on it with first and third uh, next week. Okay, let's uh, look at hot pickups here. And we'll start with forwards in, in hockey coming up on week 19. And among forwards in shallow leagues, Anders Lee, he's available in uh, a little – less than half of cbssports.com leagues. His percentage of ownership will go up from 52 to 61 this week. He did have a two-goal game. He's a Cy Young-type player, more goals and assists. And he has scored three goals in his last three games. He had a two-goal effort against the Avalanche uh, last Sunday, and then against the Rangers had a, uh, had a big goal. Uh, however, and over his last, I should say, over his last seven games, he has five goals and three assists for the year. Twenty-two goals and thirteen assists. It helps to play on John Tavares's wing, and that's what we were talking about with Josh Bailey last week. We're talking about it with Anders Lee this week. So a shallow or a shallow league ad, uh, medium-sized ad. Uh, let's give you uh, Brandon Dubinsky, especially if penalty minutes are a positive. Also, Jason Pominville has kind of come back into the fold a bit. Uh, Pominville. Had his two-goal game against Winnipeg and uh, has not had a goal since. Though, uh, meanwhile for uh, for Dubinsky, uh he um, he has contributed only has nine goals though, so, but he's a plus 14, and he's had three of those goals in his last six games. So he is trending upward. Um, so so those are some medium league options. Uh, deep league options. Brett Connolly continues to be a deep league option for Washington. 12 goals, six assists. But he's had four goals in his last six games, including three in a row against LA Carolina and Detroit before being shut out against Anaheim on February 11th. They're coming off their bye week and he does have a five game point streak, or actually I should say six game point streak intact. So definitely a great all league ad, but right now deep leagues because his ownership's only going up from eight to 12%. If he keeps going on this, he's going to have, he's going to be the flavor of the week next week. You can tell. Uh, also, um, Let's see. How about Patrick Berglund of the St. Louis blues? Uh, also a deep league uh, ad because of his hat trick the other night, uh, 17 goals, but only seven assists for Patrick Berglund is not scored. He's not at a point in the two games since his hat trick. Uh, but he has had five goals in his last five games and six in his last seven. So something to think about with Patrick Berglund. Okay. On to defensemen. And, uh, The um, uh, shallow league option is uh, Oscar Clefbaum of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, He had a a three point game against Arizona, followed it up with a goal against Philly. So, two goals and two assists in his last two games. Uh, Good stuff for Clefbaum, finished just outside of the the top five in in defenseman uh, scoring over the past week. Uh, But uh, uh, he is owned in 57% of CBSSports.com leagues. And, you know, the plus minus is now a positive for a lot of Edmonton Oilers when it was a negative for so many years. They're third in that uh, in, in the Pacific Division. Um, now, uh, also um, uh, in in shallow leagues, and and in case you're wondering, Jared Spurgeon uh, is uh, you know he was uh, uh, high sticked in the face by Gustav Neuk- Nyquist, um, but he came right back and uh, scored a goal against Dallas uh, a few days later. So he is okay and he has continued to play eight goals, 19 assists for him, but a plus 31. That is the number to keep, in, uh, keep looking at. It's only available in a small subset of leagues, about a fifth of CBS com leagues. Um, but, um, but that is, uh, that is a look. Actually, I, I just checked Edmonton is uh, above Anaheim in that Pacific division. I wasn't sure. I thought it was in third place. Last time I checked, I just checked it again at Edmonton's right there in that uh, Pacific. Minnesota's in first place in the central. So, uh, Spurgeon uh, plus 31. That's uh, that's another good thing. Medium sized, uh, medium league ads. How about Nikita Zaitsev of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, as uh, he had uh, assists in uh, two games this past week, uh, and plus ones in both of those against Buffalo and the Islanders. He was held off the score sheet and had a minus three at Columbus, uh, but that was a rough game for Columbus in general, for um, uh, for Toronto in general. Brady Shea, however. Another good medium-league ad, and similar numbers to Zaitsev. Zaitsev, two goals, 24 assists. Shea, two goals, 25 assists, a plus 10 for him. But he had two assists against the Islanders on Thursday uh, and three assists in his last three games over the past week. So Brady Shea, a medium-league ad. We want a deep-league ad. Carl Alzner once again, he gets a plus plus-minus bug. He's a plus 23 for the Washington uh, Capitals, but only three goals and eight assists. And uh, let's, let's take a look. Let's give you a guy that uh, – that we're thinking of uh adam McQuaid, especially in leagues that uh, reward penalty minutes uh he uh, he did get a goal in his last game against montreal and an assist the game before that against vancouver so he's getting a couple of points there so adam McQuaid, especially in leagues that uh, were positive you get positive points for penalty minutes uh that is a good deep league add in terms of goaltenders let's talk about uh, uh, Craig Anderson in shallow leagues. He came back to shut out the Islanders last Saturday afternoon. Mike Smith for Arizona, a perfect week for him. Medium league ad, well, actually a shallow league ad as well. He's just over 50% in ownership. Medium-sized ads for Michael Neuwirth of Philadelphia. He has played well recently. Um, and he has uh, uh, actually uh, he, he uh, allowed one goal against San Jose, uh, but he had a tough uh, a tough loss at Calgary. 20 saves, but he allowed two goals. The one against Edmonton was was a bad game. That was on Thursday night, so um, the numbers probably don't reflect that. But he allowed six goals on 25 shots. But Edmonton on the road, uh, that's a tough that's a tough assignment for Neuverth. He's still playing second fiddle to uh, Steve Mason officially, but in medium league ads might be an interesting uh, an interesting ad. In deep leagues, how about Aaron Dell of San Jose? He might get uh, a little more playing time here and there. Uh, as uh, he is going to play uh, tonight in Arizona. Uh, But if they do have back-to-backs, Aaron Dell is a guy who uh, has done well, 6-3, a 930 save percentage. Um, And you could do worse in a deep league. Of course, in a streaming league, a a daily fantasy league, uh, might be interesting to take a chance on him. Um, And uh, that's just about it for our hot pickups. Um, All right. I, I promised you we have three minutes left. I promised you some um, uh, line combinations and fantasy focus this week. So we're going to take a look and, and we're going to run out of time. So we'll do that in our fantasy primer as well. But if you're looking at players who play with top players, you know, who are on the wing, and I, I mentioned Josh Bailey last week and Andrews Lee this week as, as guys who are flanking John Tavares. Well, you're looking at top guys. I mean, who is on the McJesus line and, you know, who who is uh, playing with uh, Connor McDavid? Well, it's, Leon Dreisidel and it's Patrick Maroon. Uh, according to Dabber Hockey, which is a fantastic resource, by the way, DabberHockey.com, they have line combinations. 7.4% of the time at even strength, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Maroon are on the same line. And this is, these are numbers for the past week, only for the past week. Um, if you look at uh, Sidney Crosby, who, who, are getting, who are the beneficiaries of Sidney Crosby? Well, it's Chris Kunitz and Jake Guntzel. So those guys, you know, th- their values shoot up through the roof because of, uh, because of that. Um, in terms of uh, uh, Claude Giroux, you have Braden Shen, Wayne Simmons, Jacob Voracek, all uh, kind of play, uh, play together. Um, but Voracek has been split out usually on another line. So uh, Simmons and Giroux obviously are uh, the tandem right now. But Braden Shen is, you know, his value goes up uh, just a bit. Uh, how about with the Rangers? Uh, who's playing with uh, uh, Who's playing with uh, Zuccarello and Kreider? It's Mika Zibanejad. Uh, and Grabner's having a great goal year, but JT Miller uh, is on that line, and Kevin Hayes would be the main beneficiary, the guy who's uh, going to get fantasy bumped because of the players he's playing with. Uh, so that that is a look. And finally, let's give you another local flavor. Let's talk about Boston. David Backus uh, is is the beneficiary of playing with Richie Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Uh, those are uh, th- those are some uh, extra positives for you uh, if you're looking uh, on guys on the fringe, whether to play them or whether to pick them up if they're available in your fantasy league. We'll have a couple of more uh, insights on that in our in our look on fantasy. One final thing: if you're looking at rookies uh, and keepers, I forgot to mention this in our fantasy baseball preview. And you're looking at catchers. How about Jorge Alfaro of the Philadelphia Phillies, Francisco Mejia of the Cleveland Indians? Keep those guys. In your mind, as you look through camp to see if they're going to make the team or if they're a good keeper stash, if you have a minor league draft, those would be the hottest catchers